In 2020, a crackpot critical trio was sent into isolation by a killer virus for the safety of those around them. These men promptly went stir-crazy without a means to rant and rave with friends and co-workers. Today, unwanted by the government, they survive as homeworking podcasters. If you want to hear about popular culture, if you can't scratch the itch, and you can download a podcast, maybe you can listen to The Critic Guys. Welcome to the second Critic Guys podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm my name's Chris Davis. I'm joined tonight by Lawrence Tuck and Mr. Keith Edwards. Gentlemen, are you all right? Very good, thank you, Chris. Yeah, very good. Thanks, Chris. Is that a yawn? Are we kicking off with a yawn? <laughs> that wasn't honestly last now, week. Now it's he's cooking and he's yawning. He's going to be asleep by the halfway through the podcast. No, I've got to have. I've got to have an end to this podcast, and I've decided it's going to be falling asleep or um, <laughs> doing my dinner or ablutions. That's that. Uh, I couldn't speak. You may think that I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> How are you, gentlemen? How's everything been? Very good, thank you. I um I have some good news. Oh yes, um, I have some good news. I showed uh, my seven-year-old Batman Forever. Okay. And we got through about 20 minutes of it before he said he didn't like it and demanded we stop watching. Well done. Give him a pat on the back. Did he have a particular reason as to why he didn't like it? He said it was boring. <laughs> so something that was primarily designed for children in terms of oh. the bright colours, flashy visuals and everything else. Yep, yep. It, it was rejected by a six-year-old? Yep, seven. Seven. Big, big, big pardon. You and did mention earlier. What's interesting is watching rewatching it myself after such a long time. Literally everything, ev- every angle of shot, every word that's uttered, every single tiny little detail, you think to yourself, "That was awful." <laughs> that was that was literally the the last thing you would have done as a filmmaker if you had your senses but but he did it every time and it was impressive really that you could you could hit so many wrong notes in one in one piece well well you know it's kind of going off the um off the deep end when uh the security guard in the in the vault who is clearly supposed to be wayne knight but they couldn't get him um <laughs> lines there and and uh looks up and and then as the acid that for some bizarre reason two-face has rigged the contraption with then mm. actually screams out oh no it's boiling acid <laughs> and, and, <laughs> because otherwise, fine. <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't know because it's rubbish 
Mm. Anyway. What, what's, what's interesting, what's interesting is Ed Begley Jr. is in it as the, the head of the facility, the science facility at uh, Wayne Enterprises. Ah, and, yes, the one uh, who gets thrown out of a window. He does indeed. And uh, 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 am I right in saying that he is in The Dark Knight Rises? Is he? So he's gone slightly off in the world. <laughs> he's gone downhill. Um, I'll double check that and we can edit that out if I'm wrong. I would like to contribute to this conversation, but as I said uh, in the last podcast, I think I've blocked out a lot of what happened in this film. <laughs> well, I've so got that's... another interesting fact about the, the cast, and this is just based on the opening 20 minutes that we watched. Uh, John Favreau appears to have a non-speaking role in it. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. In the, in the opening scenes, when uh, Bruce Wayne walks into the uh, science facility, he's flanked by, like, two or three random suits. And one of them appears to be a very young John Favreau. Excellent. So would you believe it? He gets around all the playboys then. Maybe <laughs> so, he's playing Happy Hogan. Yeah, if um, if he likes Batman and Batman Returns, will will you now just leapfrog the, the abominations in the middle and go straight to Batman Begins? Well, I think it's, it's a long while before he watches Batman Begins, just so he can yeah. fully appreciate it properly. Probably for the best. I've got I've got another funny little story from this week regarding uh, the child, and that is. <laughs> you mean you mean your son, not the little Yoda? No, yeah, my son, oh, not right. little Yoda. Anyway, so we we, we were discussing having a uh, a hot tub in the garden. He loves hot tubs, and okay. we we pointed out that, that we couldn't have a hot tub because we couldn't afford it. So his immediate suggestion was to burn down the house. And and to use use the money to buy a hot tub. So his his first his first place to go to was was massive insurance fraud. <laughs> well, I think I think the the first thing he went to was arson of the family home, and then he decided well, yeah. to put, and then go for the insurance fraud. Yeah, but I think it was all part of the same Fringe scheme. Has he got a little leprechaun on his shoulder? <laughs> I think mean, he is a little Burn them all. <laughs> Burn it. Burn it all. Kill them. Kill them. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you might want to worry about him. <laughs> he's coming across without the weight issues. He's coming across like Barry from American Dad. <laughs> if he's not properly medicated, he's an evil genius. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But think about it. You would have a hot tub if that happened. Yeah. You wouldn't have a house, but you could live in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, well, his suggestion was to live in his um, his little wooden house he has in the garden. So he's fine. So he thought the street, the rest of you can fine. go screw yourselves, yes. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you can stay in the house while it burns. <laughs> you, must be, you must be so proud, Lawrence. You really... Well, if he loves Batman, maybe he thinks that the only way you can get rich is if you become an orphan and your two parents are killed in a horrible tragedy. <laughs> hmm. Yep. Well, it's either that or getting radioactively, you know, fire. and, um, mm. you know, I suppose he, he felt just killing his parents would be safe, the safer option. 
So this well, might be your last podcast. It's been nice in the brief time that we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say we'd avenge you, but I can't promise that. <laughs> no, I, I think I think you can guarantee that you won't avenge me. Well, we we might blackmail him so we can get a cut. <laughs> the critics we'll release the <laughs> The uh, second podcast belonging to the critics, guys, and Exhibit A at the ensuing murder trial. <laughs> Lawrence suspected there was a problem. <laughs> I, that that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? If uh, he had, that there was a flawless, flawless murder uh, plot. His his one downfall that he was he made a podcast about it the week before. <laughs> he left it in play manuscript form. Uh, so guys well this has taken a disturbing t- disturbing turn guys guys yes. we're all in lockdown we are uh coronavirus lockdown which is uh terrible for everybody people uh people are <laughs> i hate to quote john hammond but people are dying they are dying and th- th- this is a this is a crazy world we're in at the moment yeah. So we're all staying at home and like good people. Like yes. good people. Whereas uh to be honest, when I look outside or see on, on the news and what have you, it seems to be most people are just having a good old whale of a time. From what I've just heard, Lawrence, it might be safer for you to go outside. <laughs> That's true. That is <laughs> Don't true. stay in the house. Yeah, if Corona doesn't get you, your son will. <laughs> I think I think we have uh, come up with some recommendations. For uh, people who are in isolation, in lockdown, have we not? How to survive the monotony. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I think we have. We've uh, we've all come up with a film, a TV show, and possibly a game that we could recommend people to watch or play or whatever. Would one of you like to lead off with your first suggestion for people? I'll uh, I'll 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 go go with that. Now we we thought about recommending a film a TV series and a game. So the film that I was going to recommend, now I, I've been umming and ahhing about this all week, trying to think of of the best film to recommend because I wanted to recommend a, a, a bit of a hidden gem that people may not have seen before. And I thought I was going to recommend my fa- one of my favorite films, certainly my favorite spy film that, 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 that I know of it's uh, three days of the condor, which is uh, an incredible spy film. It stars Max von Sydow, who uh, tragically re- recently passed away. And it stars uh, Robert Redford as the, uh, as the hero. Uh, Faye Dunaway is the, uh, the lady he falls in love with. And uh, over three days, obviously. <laughs> and, Cliff Robertson uh, is in it as well as some random spook. Cliff Robertson, of course, who went on to play uh, what's his name? The uh, in Spider Man, his uh, is it his uncle he lives with in Spider in the in the Tobey Maguire Spider Man? Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, yeah. Oh yeah, he gets killed, doesn't he? That's, yes, that's Cliff Robertson. Pretty fundamental to the story. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's a crucial part of the plot. I'm not. I'm not big on Spider Man. I, I, I prefer Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And he's not in that. <laughs> he's already dead. He's already dead. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, he was in the in Tobey Maguire film. He was played by Cliff Robertson. Ah, who is in uh, Three Days of the Condor? Uh, it's about a uh, basically Robert Redford is a data analyst for the CIA, and he works in this weird little uh, office. It's like a house full of people who are just reading books and looking for secret codes, Russian codes, and what have you. I don't, to be frank, you don't really. It doesn't really matter what they're doing. And which is handy because I've no idea really what they're doing. Sudoku. And um, <laughs> Max von Sido just goes in one day when Robert Redford's gone out to lunch and slaughters them all with a machine oh. gun. And then Robert Redford comes back, finds them all dead, and the rest of the film is him on the run and trying to find out who's behind it all. That sounds good. It is really that. good. It's got a um, a scene when his whole team's been killed and he goes to a, a telephone box and he rings, you know, HQ or whoever it is. And the whole scene is ripped off almost word for word in the first Mission Impossible movie. Oh, that's, I suppose it's a tribute. Yes. <laughs> they, they, would, do that. they would call it a tribute. You couldn't do that these days near where where I live because all the phone boxes are now little libraries, just full of books. You'd have to rip all the books out and hope the phone was still working. Little libraries, yeah, yeah. Drop book people use book uh, put books that they finish with, put them inside this old phone box, and people can go and use them like a little library. Do they not use them to advertise prostitution anymore? <laughs> Maybe different types of books. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Less salubrious <laughs> parts of town might have it in that. Yeah. Do they not have an adult adult literature section? <laughs> Possibly. Gen- just, just above the pool of... Gentlemen's, gentlemen's literature. Uh, so I suppose... No, I, I suppose that's my recommendation then. Three Days of the Condor. If you, if you can get a copy. I was about to say, do you happen to know where we would be able to get a copy of that? I think actually, to be fair, I've been looking online recently because my copy is Region 3 only. Is it three? No, region one. Sorry, region one only. Uh, so I'm looking to invest in a, a new copy, and, and you can get it on Amazon. Would that Excellent. not play on a Blu-ray player anyway? Yeah, if it's DVD, it will. Depends on the region. Some DVD, some Blu-ray players might have issues with DVD regions. I don't know. Yeah, I think mine do actually. I don't think I can play US DVDs on mine, Xbox, and my PlayStation. I think I've got limited options there, but I can. I've got a multi-region one which will play. Multi-region DVD, so it do, it does depend. Incidentally, the film Three Days of the Condor was then recently turned into uh, into a TV series, imaginatively called Condor, which was uh, aired, okay. I think, on Sky in the UK. And uh, again, the first episode pretty much goes exactly as Lawrence described the opening of the film. Back in, I think it was 1975, I think the original film was out. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it, ran for, it ran for one series. It's currently on, in, in limbo at the moment. They're not certain if a second series is going to be released. But it stars, stars Max Irons and, as the spy and uh, William Hurt as his superior in the agency. Oh, wow. That sounds interesting. So... So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it's on home release. So, otherwise, Lance, that would have been your birthday gift last year. <laughs> of course. 
I take it that means that you've seen the film then, Keith? I have. Lawrence, in fact, showed it to me. He opened my eyes. Was it as good for you as it was for him? Well... And did you enjoy the film? A gentleman never... A gentleman never tells. (laughs) But if he did, what would your answer be? (laughs) Yeah, well, if he did, then I'd say it was a very, very good film. Mm. And it was a good... And and it was a good night, but that's as far as I'll say. (laughs) It was based on a... Based on a book, and the book was called Five Days of the Condor. Six yeah. days. Is it six days? It's six days of the Condor. Basically, basically, basically every time every time he gets made from the book, it just basically halves. So from six to three to just Condor. I obviously, saw, I obviously read an edited version where it was just five days. <laughs> they cut cut a day. Budget. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. But yes, Keith, uh, would you like to tell us about your film recommendation? Yes, my film recommendation, available on Netflix, is a film called Snowpiercer. Oh yes, I want Ooh. to see this. I now I, I, I was, um, I watched the trailer for this the other day. Mm. And it, looked, it looked very interesting. Mm. Yes, it, it got a limited release in cinemas. I don't know anyone who went to see it. I don't know anyone who, beyond having Netflix, has seen it. Um, but it was a, a it is a little hidden gem of a movie. It's got a stellar cast, including Chris Evans and John Hurt and Ed Harris. It's a bit post uh, well, it is post apocalyptic, which is perhaps a bit controversial, uh, bearing in mind that we're doing this as an alternative to lockdown. Um, and it's okay. basically set a little far, a little way into the future, and the entire film is set on a very large train that is incredibly long. And uh, it's and it's split into classes. So the um, the the front few carriages involve a very uh, you know different stratas of society, upper class, affluent, don't have anything to worry about. And as you go through the train, you get to the um, the poorer sections, the worker bees, essentially, who get mistreated by their upper class uh, superiors. And basically, it involves them revolting. And just deciding they're not going to, they're as mad as hell and they're not going to put up with it anymore. And they're going to try and take the rest of the train. And and basically that, that's the film. It's, it's quite a short film, I think. It's uh, barely two hours. And it's, it's worth, if nothing else, it's worth it for Tilda Swinton uh, doing a performance as Ed Harris's um, main aide who admitted in back, behind the scenes features that she was essentially doing a riff on Margaret Thatcher. Oh, oh cool. But it is, I, it is an incredibly good film. I uh, I remember how I came across it now, uh, just watching the trailer because I was. Uh, it's got the one of the a girl that's in um, Picard is in it. Oh. yes, yeah, she is. But yeah, she she plays a a occupant of one of the more upper class carriages. Yeah, oh. I believe so. And she's she's the uh, the the robot doctor woman. She's not a robot, but she's a doctor of robots, I guess, in Picard. Yes, it is well worth a watch. Excellent. It, it is on my to-do list. It is one of the films that I think I've got on my list on Netflix to sit down and watch. Uh, I saw the. I remember. I remember when it came out, being uh, having a casual interest in it, and just intrigued really to see uh, a Chris Evans film there where he's not Captain America, just see what he's like in it. And the, the concept did sound good, and for some reason. A few people have talked about how good it is recently, so I don't know if they've just got round to watching it on Netflix or what, but uh, yeah, it's on my to-do list. I will get to it. 
Uh, my film, if uh, people are happy for me to move on, mm-hmm. of course, is uh, is not yet on British on-demand services, as far as I'm aware. You can buy it, but you can't watch it. I don't think it's on Netflix or Prime yet. But the film that I would recommend people watch, and it, I, I went back and forth on whether to do a film that was about the lockdown, something similar to that, and then I thought, no, when people want escapism. Then I thought, do I just recommend a classic like Back to the Future or something? Just because like, you can imagine that the world is going to be different again, and you'll go, go back to this wonderful world, and everything will be fine. Or do I just go complete like escapism just go with the film that people might not have seen that they i highly recommend and is certainly not for everybody and i went down that route and the film that i would recommend is brightburn have either of you seen it i haven't no it is basically the story of superman but if superman was a complete psycho um it is it's brilliant it's about basically the kid that crashes to earth and is raised by a family and he's perfectly normal until he starts to develop powers and the kid seems okay and then things start to take a dark twist because the ship that he's crashed in starts to send him messages basically and he's he's drawn towards it and basically when he gets to the ship it corrupts him or gives him his mess is the the message basically that he's been sent here to destroy and it's basically what if superman was a baddie and it's brilliant. It's a James Gunn produced film. It's likely to get a series of sequels. There's certainly a Brightburn 2 on its way. Not the longest of films. It's about 90 minutes. It's proper sci-fi, proper superhero style film, but it's also a horror. And when it goes deep down into that, it really goes into that. But it's well worth watching and um, just so different. And I, I love... I, don't know how they've got away with writing something that's so close to the dc origin story of superman well i was going to ask you that because it is it's it's ridiculously close if you know that story you know where this is going but then it just takes the u-turn and it's just like oh well it's good for us in superman that that didn't happen because yeah he's dangerous very dangerous it's like if someone um made a new film where like the main character when he's a child his parents are killed outside the opera by a, lo- a, a random gunman while he's trying to rob them. Uh, but, but, but in this version, the child grows up to be a, a very sensible and well-adjusted young man. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, would, uh, that would be an interesting film, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, it's, it's very, very good, and I highly recommend it. Um, it's got Elizabeth Banks in it. Other than that, it's not really a cast of actors that I was particularly familiar with. I'm not good at naming actors anyway, but it's not like big on big name stars. Uh, Elizabeth Banks being probably the biggest, but it's just really well done. And just the premise as a superhero fan, the premise is excellent. I'm just pleased they got away with it and they get to do more, whether it's because of James Gunn, I don't know. And the fact that he has obviously his relationship with DC that they've sort of let him do it. I don't know, but yeah, highly recommend Brightburn. Not one for kids. If you are of a shaky disposition, be prepared to pause. But well worth a watch. Very good. Right. Lawrence, would you like to talk about your TV recommendation? By TV, we're sort of thinking series, aren't we? We're not, yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be on TV. It could be, again, on Netflix or Absolutely. Prime or anywhere. Well, so What do you recommend? This is not what I'm going to recommend, but I, I think... My 
recent series I've watched is is The Boys, which oh, yeah. I just started thinking about when you were talking about Superman being a psychopath because the main bad guy in The Boys is a basically Superman when he's maybe not a, well a sociopath certainly. Have you seen The Boys? I've seen about the first three episodes and I'm familiar with the comics to a point. I read so many of them, but not all of them. I am going to watch the rest. I was really enjoying it. I just haven't been able to sit down and watch the whole lot. Yeah. Keith, have you seen them all? I have indeed. Homelander is basically Superman, is he not, Keith? He is. He is most certainly Homelander. And it, it is not a series for the faint of heart, put it that way. <laughs> it's uh, it's not anyway i'm going to move on and talk about the series that i am going to recommend because i think um oh he 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 snuck a sly one in there i like it <laughs> well i only thought about it when chris was talking about his film but my my series that i want to recommend is one that basically everyone should watch and when you're in lockdown a lot of people have a lot more time than they would have done otherwise. And um, there's certainly a lot of material to get through on this one. So obviously the TV show I'm, I'm going to suggest is a classic, um, okay. which a lot of people probably have seen certainly bits of anyway. Um, but not many people may have actually sat down and watched the whole episode, potentially. I'm, of course, recommending the greatest TV show that's ever been made. <laughs> You're which, building this up. Which Keith, Keith is... <laughs> Deathly Silence. Columbo. Oh, well done. Well said. I wasn't thinking you were going there. I thought you were going to say some weird, obscure sci-fi or something. <laughs> but no, Columbo's excellent. Columbo, best TV show ever made. Lots and lots of episodes to get through. In in full respect to, to them, I will give I'll say it now. I highly recommend for anybody who is uh, has any interest in Columbo who watches it enjoys it the uh, you can hunt out it's finished now but you can hunt out the Columbo podcast I'll give them full credit I've listened to a whole thing of their their show and it's really really good where they go through episode by episode and talk about it well I'm sure it is I'm sure they'll, they'll go through much more detail than I will right now but mm. for people now I I would I would say that pretty much everyone on the planet has heard of Columbo um but maybe not so many people would actually appreciate the true art behind it. And it's difficult to really ascertain what uh, an episode of Columbo is because as we know, Columbo is a police detective who solves crimes, murders, in fact. And he, um, it, it's not a whodunit. No, you know um, who did it in Columbo, don't you? You know who did it. You know how they did it. Um, you know why they did it. <laughs> you, you know, from like the first 10 or 15 minutes, you know absolutely everything. And it's not even so much about how um, Columbo works out how they did it or works out who did it. Because... You're pretty sure in the first scene, it out. as soon as Columbo smacks eyes on the celebrity guest that week, it's you. He knows exactly who's done it and how they did it. You're Martin Lando. I've seen you before. <laughs> it's kind of, 
it's all about Columbo, how he gets them to admit to doing it because he never proves that they did it. All his evidence well, is always. Yeah, most of his cases are going to fall down in court, aren't they? Absolutely. Really he relies on the that's fact like, that they admit to it. Well, but that's kind of like, you know, a Poirot episode. He's got no evidence whatsoever. Thank God they confess just at the end. I mean, basically, it, it's you cannot really be told the true glory of a Columbo episode. You have to witness it for yourself. It's brilliant. The the actual villains, the recurring actors who come in, some of them are just brilliant in like every character they play. Uh, they 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 come back in and I'm going to get the name wrong after looking up while you, while you're talking. But I say Martin Landau as an example. You've well, got Leslie Nielsen. You've got William Shatner. Yeah, I mean Shatner. If Shatner characters. or Patrick McGowan are in it, I mean basically they're yeah yeah they're yeah. they're the murderers. I mean it's it's that simple. But I think. I think the way they described it, or the or the makers themselves described it, it's not a who done it; it's how you catch them. Yeah, it's, and it's usually is. I mean, people complained when they did um, CSI that it showed people how you could um, avoid criminal de- detection. Um, whereas I in in Colombo when I watched it, and is always what what mistake they made something really simple. Yeah. Yep, um, it's always and, yeah they let themselves down some human failing that always lets them down. They think they've covered it and they think they, that they've, they've managed to get away with it and then it can't possibly be, be a way to catch them. And it's always something. Thoughts of something do, small. Either of you have, do either of you have a favorite Columbo villain in terms of, well, or favorite actor to play a villain in Columbo? It's got to be Shatner, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't, I can't think of anyone other than Shatner. Actually, I'm, I might go out there with, um, uh, Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Robert Culp. I think whenever he's in it, he's he's excellent. But I mean, Donald I Pleasance that. is only in one episode, isn't he? But yeah, the way, but he, the way he catches it. him is fantastic. But that would be a, a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anybody who was anybody was in Columbo and probably in it more than once. It, brilliant, brilliant show. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Martin Landau the fact that you don't? It isn't his episode or, or one of the ones where he's in it? You don't actually know that which particular yeah the twin, so you don't know which of the which of the brothers actually committed the crime. Yeah, it's very well done. Yeah. Is that uh, all you want to say, Lawrence? Yeah, I think that's all that needs to be said. Oh no, I was uh, queuing you up there. I was waiting for you to go. Yeah, just one more thing. Uh, oh. <laughs> I thought I thought I thought you were both trying to do, but it just didn't. It didn't. Sorry, it didn't happen. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to use by the miracle of editing? Do you want to go? Do you, do you want to try that again? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I figured... It was my nickname when I was when I was in uh, practice uh, as a solicitor. My. Uh, trainer effectively my uh the the person looking after me i can't think of the the name is she used to call me colombo because i had a habit of walking to the door and then i'd stop to remember to say something so what is it now colombo <laughs> well it was either that or the fact you were dressed in a cheap macintosh <laughs> <laughs> showed up in a bang off banger of a car and you've only got yeah. one eye <laughs> <laughs> but that that's a big question that people have often asked did colombo have one eye or, yeah, or was that that 
the fake eye playing the part of a real of eye. Of a real eye. <laughs> exactly. That's a valid point. Yeah. I so I think, I, think one, I think one fan has pointed out that in one episode, a cop offers to help Columbo, and he says, that, that would be great. Three eyes are better than one. Ah. <laughs> Very good. Well, that, there, that, would, that would be the answer then, wouldn't it? Uh, Peter Fault was brilliant, and th- there's one episode of Columbo, and I can't remember what the ex- which episode it is or who the villain was, but the thing that stands out, there is a bit where Columbo falls down a hill, which you can see on YouTube, and it's brilliant. And apparently, it wasn't supposed to be in the show. It was actually Peter Falk fell over on the hill, <laughs> and it's hilarious, and he let them keep it. <laughs> and it's brilliant. Well worth a YouTube. Just look, Peter Falk falling down a hill. It's Oh, it's superb. But yeah, I, I, love I, I mean, one particular episode I would draw attention to is the Leonard Nimoy episode oh. where he loses his temper just at the end. And it's very much like Gary Oldman in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy when he loses his temper. He's, mm. he's a quiet, affable man for most of the mm. most. I mean, almost all Columbo episodes. He gets frustrated. He gets he gets confuddled and doesn't know how to work it out, even though he has a good mm. idea of the murderers. But he never loses his temper. But in this particular Normally. incident, he's um, he's he, he's so frustrated by the idea that this man might actually kill again, he ain't going to have it, and he loses his temper. And I think that's a very uh, and it's also interesting that for an American cop show, Columbo never carries a gun. No, he doesn't like it. No, he doesn't like it. Doesn't need it. Yeah, I do like. The, I think there was an episode where he holds one or something, but yeah, he normally doesn't carry one, and he do, he doesn't like it, and he won't get his license done or something. He tries to get somebody else to do his license Re- for him. Yeah, he he has to be recertified with the firearms license, and he he doesn't want to do it. So he gets yeah, a cop you, to do you're it right though. There, there are certain villains in Columbo that he doesn't dislike. He doesn't like what they've done. He doesn't approve of them, but he doesn't hate them. And he he builds a rapport with them as a villain, and you get the feeling that genuinely he quite likes this person despite what they've done. But then there are the certain people, and Leonard Nimoy's character, um, who I believe is, is he a doctor? Yeah, he's a surgeon. Yeah, this one surgeon. That's it. Oh yeah, and he's using sutures, <laughs> the dissolving sutures. Um, spoilers. And he hates him. He does. There are certain villains he hates, and you can tell the ones that Columbo really doesn't like or the ones that push him. Because it's always this, I'll build up this bumbling facade, but he's the smartest guy in the room. And it's brilliant. I love Columbo. So good. Right, should we move on? Yes. Keith, your TV series. My TV series... (laughs) All downhill from here. Indeed. Uh, (laughs) It's not going to get any better. Um, (laughs) I think, personally, my... uh, pick if you like was the complete series of Battlestar Galactica uh, the reimagined series from T 2013 mm-hmm. starring Edward James Olmos and I because it is a complete series you don't have to it's got one complete story told from beginning to end within the miniseries framework so people don't have to worry about because I, I looked at a lot of series but unfortunately a lot of them seem in, particularly in, in recent years seem to be discontinued before it finishes the arc that the um, creators intended, which to me is um, quite a, a thing to look at, you know, in terms of a, a complete story that the original writer envisioned from beginning to end. And I personally think it's it's gritty. It's 
got um, it is set in a post-apocalyptic, a post-apocalyptic world. I'll get that out eventually, and um, I think it's I think it's really worth it. I think it's it's a very good series. It's it's good hit hard hitting sci sci-fi, and it's got something for everything for everyone. I'd wholeheartedly agree with that. I loved Battlestar Galactica. I think it was your recommendation that got me to watch it. And I watched it after it was finished. So it's the whole thing. And it was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. I loved the whole... You don't quite know who all the baddies are for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And there, there's definite sort of questions going back and forth as to who's who people are and whose side people uh, whose side people are on. There's a series where it dramatically changes the the environment where all the characters are they go from being basically on Battlestar Galactica to like a prison planet if I remember rightly effectively they're all kept in camps yes and it's, it's just it's such a brilliant switch that like the the difference and seeing those characters in there was great it was great um I'm not sure it quite stuck the landing for me that's the only thing no it does the, the there is the very end. definitely a religious theme running through it and it can be a bit disruptive. Uh, they also get confused in the first few series. Uh, they keep saying that the uh, baddies, the Cylons, have a have a plan, which mm. didn't actually get elaborated on in the series. They had to do a, a TV yeah, movie afterwards that explained it. So yeah. they clearly took a different direction. But like all good sci-fi, that is something that Star Trek did in the in in the past, is take modern day themes mm. and put them in the show. And I want them. to watch it again at some point. I really do. It's it's very very good. Because this was obviously doing during the early noughties and you had issues like you mentioned on the uh, the planet where they they're put into concentration camps. Uh, the idea of collaboration, the idea of suicide bombers, all, all yes. yeah, obviously obviously uplifting stuff. And and by <laughs> and large, it is a very gritty, dark series. However, when it hits high points. Or points of celebration, either over a victory or a personal triumph, it really soars, and the musical score of it is fantastic. Yeah, I didn't like so it. My... All right, <laughs> <Kel> surprise! <laughs> he just can't get over Starbucks being a woman. What that was it was... you didn't like? <laughs> so what you... was it you didn't like, Lawrence? I, I watched the first couple of episodes and. Um, it, it just didn't strike me. Nothing. I, I can't remember. It was a while ago, and I can't remember anything specific jumping out as not not liking it. But um, it didn't um, didn't grab me. Give me Dirk Benedict every, any day. Are you still got his autobiography? <laughs> I do. I do. I treasure it. <laughs> Your Facebook. So yes, that's my recommendation. Okay, so so we have a a recommendation and we have uh, a word of caution from one of us uh, (laughs) with regards to it. But uh, no, if two out of three of us will tell you it's it's a show worth watching. And as I say, as Keith has to say, it's a whole series you can watch from start to finish, and it did finish. Thankfully, you didn't. It's not like they it died before you got chance. As, As Keith says, there's been plenty of examples of series that you get really hooked on, and then you get. It, the rug pulled from underneath you. You never really see how it was supposed to end. So it's nice that that one did. Alternatively, uh, you get a series like Lost that doesn't end. <laughs> it goes on far too long. Yeah, it might have been better if that didn't. Yeah. I have a very different series to you both, actually, for my my recommendation. It's 
currently, uh, this again put us in a bit of a time capsule, but as we've already talked about isolation, currently the most popular show on Netflix and certainly the one of the most talked about shows. Is it Tiger if King? You haven't, yes. Oh, if you haven't seen I knew it, he was going to go King. there. Oh. It's so good, so compelling. Uh, Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem and Madness. It is like compulsive viewing. If you haven't seen it, it's ridiculous. And the fact that it's a documentary you just can't believe it uh it's all about if you have, if you haven't seen it if you're one of the people who hasn't it's about a guy called joe exotic who ran a park full of tigers basically and the guy is the king of walking stereotypes basically he is gay he has tigers he's a country and he's a country singer he's gun toting um he ran for president at one point the guy is just like it's so compelling and then in the midst of all of this he tries to get someone killed um and it's it's all about his hatred for uh an, another park owner basically who is um and a uh, cat rights person called Carol Baskin and uh, Joe exotic basically gets besotted with her in terms of he he's not not in a that he likes away in a he's sorry to say he's obsessed with bringing her down because of her threats to bring him down and it just escalates and escalates and all the colorful characters that he deals with and he associates with and the fact that the whole thing was being filmed for various documentary uh documentaries like louis Theroux was with him at one point did a weird weekend um and spent time with joe exotic the guy is really interesting and for all that you know you end up uh, <laughs> you just, he's, he's really compelling to watch him and i would highly recommend it it's one of those it was curious because so many people were talking about it like it's usually like the highest trending term on twitter one of for various times and let's say number one on netflix so i thought i'll give it a watch thinking this might not be for me and i was hooked and i'm watching it again now with my wife because I know she's going to love it. She's seen a bit of the first episode and is really enjoying it. So we're going to rewatch it. I highly recommend it. Very different. Weird escapist fun. It's just bizarre. You won't believe all the stuff that happens in it. Well, I, I didn't mean to uh, steal your thunder because... No, I, no. <laughs> to be honest, I said that as a joke because I really <laughs> didn't think you were going <laughs> to select it. Um, I wouldn't have expected me to like it as much as I did, and I loved it. It was really good. So there you go, and it won't cost you anything to watch it if you've got Netflix. Very good. So that they are our TV recommendations. I'm guessing Keith has not seen it by his own oh god. No, I always feel that at the moment the people who have watched it are kind of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where they just seem to just. <laughs> open their mouths and holler at you about how fantastic it is. But the guy, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, I'm not, I'm not having it, but it's your recommendation. If Chris. I don't want to go back. <laughs> if, if this is, this is wrong. I don't want to be right. <laughs> no, I, I respect your recommendation. <laughs> I think uh, um, it, it takes a hard thing to know. You're an, so an analogy of, uh, of, 
Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I think it's quite apt because it's like you're talking to someone and they go, oh, I'll, I'll never watch Tiger King, never watch Tiger King. And like, you'd like, look, you look away for two seconds and you go back and you go, oh, Tiger King's amazing. <laughs> it's the new Breaking Bad, isn't it? Where like, if someone's seen Breaking Bad, they can't stop talking about the fact they've seen Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, I didn't like Breaking Bad. <laughs> Apart from you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I would. I would say if you can get past the prejudice of uh, like being again, because I'm the same. If too many people tell me something's great, I will automatically get my back up and go. Mm, I'll see. If you give it a watch, I'd be surprised if you didn't. You weren't at least entertained. I was uh, very pleasantly surprised. He sounds like he's going to end up like Russell Crowe, just screaming at the audience like in Gladiator, going, "Are you not entertained?" <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to uh, our game recommendations? Yes, because I'm, I'm intrigued by this because, and I should let our audience know on this one, I, I'm intrigued on the basis that I don't believe either of you are particularly game players these days. I know Keith used to be, but you seem to have, you, you backed off certainly. And Lawrence, I've never known you to really be into games, so I, I'm intrigued to see what you recommend and oh, well, how, how where you're coming from. How little you know. Well, I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to find out that actually this is this is a, more of a thing because this is a direction I, I want to take the critic guys in. Uh, I'm planning to talk about video games quite a bit, so it'd be nice if other people were interested as, uh, as well. Uh, would you like to lead us off, Lawrence? Um, I will. So I I was thinking, mulling over what, what to recommend for people in, in lockdown, and uh, this is not my recommendation because this is too obvious. This is... I was playing this before we started doing the, <laughs> the podcast. It's possibly one of the most popular computer games in the country. And I believe when we went into lockdown, the downloading of it surged into hyperspace levels <laughs> to such a degree that they ended up giving it away free for a week, just as a, as a gesture, because it, it it's just so incredibly popular and that's football manager ah which is i should yeah i should have known this we we haven't yet done a podcast where we've revealed sort of things about us but one of the things about you lawrence obviously is you're a comedian mm-hmm. and have done your shows you've had a show with that in the title didn't you or at least you were going to have uh, a show with that in the title. <laughs> it wasn't there, the title a whole saga <laughs> yeah did you did you actually get to perform with that in the title uh no no sadly it's, uh, but yeah, and I should have realised that. Obviously, you you referenced it in in your art, effectively. Yeah, I did a whole a whole uh, show at Edinburgh about um, Football Manager, uh, although it it wasn't about Football Manager for legal reasons. So uh, it is. Is it Championship Manager? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is something that I've been addicted to for many years since the early to mid nineties, and many people have been. Mm. Oh yeah. And it's uh, a, a game which is hugely addictive. It's, uh, well, my, my seven-year-old looked at me playing it today and said, well, that looks boring. <laughs> and it does. It looks incredibly boring. And it probably is incredibly boring. But it's also... Highly addictive. Highly addictive. Highly addictive. I, in fact, I normally buy buy it every year right when the new one comes out and uh i didn't this year 
because uh, it was becoming unhealthy. <laughs> um, but then, well, then lockdown came, and I, I thought <laughs> I needed, I couldn't get through this without Football Manager. So, have you got the latest version now? Then is that yes. what you're playing? Yes, I do. Ah, cool, I do. I have played it in the past, mm. um, but I don't really, and I like football, but I don't really have a mind for it particularly. And um, when I've played it, I've never done particularly well. So I don't really get all the ins and outs. My tactics aren't brilliant. So I have never really been drawn into it, but I know people who have. And yeah, full respect to Football Manager. It's a very, very deep game, and I can understand why people like it as much as they do. So. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's longevity has been amazing, really, that people still want to buy new versions of it. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, the, the amount of work and detail they put into it is is phenomenal, 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 <laughs> is incredible. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> do you watch the simulations of the of the matches? No, no. And I'm, I, to be honest, I I think compared to a lot of people, I, I'm very much uh, a bit of a tourist when it comes to football manager i um i play football manager touch which is the um the streamlined version of it okay um didn't know that existed yeah there, there's like a really detailed version basically you have to go down and attend training sessions okay uh, in the detailed version it's incredible. You actually have to tell each of your players what they're meant to be doing on a daily basis. I'm actually very worried because it's quite uh, such a detailed game and they, they reflect what's happening in the world. For example, in this game, in the middle of it, uh, the United Kingdom leaves the European Union. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it re- changes all your visa uh, applications. <laughs> for your foreign players. So now I'm worried that um, I'm going to be halfway through a season and suddenly we're going to go into lockdown. <laughs> you see, the problem with this is, is that up until this point, I'm not a football person, so I, I, I couldn't really contribute. I've never played the game either, so I did nothing. But once you mentioned a bit of bureaucracy, the civil servant in me was all over it. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried that You're it's, in. it's going to suddenly, I'm going to sit here for like in the month in the game terms for three months just clicking through yeah still no games 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 and i will still no games still no games i'll sit here for three months clicking through no games still in lockdown still in lockdown but that's what the game does to you i've yeah. in, in the past i've just i've resigned and i've just clicked through just to try and get a new job and I've just clicked through the game without playing it. And you realize I've just gone through like three seasons without playing anything. I was a bit worried for a second there. You were going to say, I've resigned from real jobs because I wanted to play football manager. <laughs> no, I haven't gone that far. <laughs> no, it's, it, I've heard people tell wonderful stories about teams they've taken to the Champions League. And you just think, in reality, that's never going to happen. But well done for you for, for building that team up and getting through it. Uh, it's very good, very very addictive in that sense. I'm, I'm, yeah, I can understand why people get hooked. Now, I did say at the beginning that this isn't actually my recommendation. Oh right, um, okay. What you are addicted to is going to be massive. So, uh, 
I mean, I, I guess it probably is, but uh, if if you want to play it, you're already playing it. It's not really for me to recommend. Recommend. Okay. My recommendation is to go back to the old school because I play oh, yeah? I play it every night now before I go to bed. It's my part of my bed routine. Is a quick, quick your lucky wife. Quick bash of yeah, quick bash of Tetris. <laughs> Please tell me you're playing on old style Game Boy. <laughs> no, I'm on I'm on the old. Uh, the old DS. Ah. Um, Tetris is a bona fide classic, and it still plays well. Absolutely. And the, the latest versions are still great. It, it's still addictive. Uh, the music's always been great. Yeah, I, I can understand it. I haven't played it much recently, but it, I can understand why you would. Whoever come, came up with it is an absolute genius. Yes, and unfortunately didn't get the rewards he should have done for it. Mm. Yeah. But I'm I'm very much of the old school when it comes to gaming. Uh, as we said, we don't know much about my gaming, so I, I'll, I'll mention it now. Um, I own a um, retro Mega Drive and a retro uh, SNES. Excellent. Uh, along with my my little DS, and uh, that is my my gaming of choice. So I love Mario. I love Sonic. Um, Anything old school, I'm all over it. You see, it's acceptable for us now as uh, as adults to like Mario and Sonic and admit that. <laughs> as kids, you would like, no, you have to be on one side or the other. You are a Sega kid or a Nintendo kid. Which side are you going to be on? Yeah, absolutely. I kind of flicked from, from one to the other when I was a kid. Obviously, never at the same time. Good grief, no. <laughs> no. But uh, I did. I, I was very much like Italy in the Second World War. I was uh, flip flopping my way through. Oh, um, I was I, a Nintendo kid. Yeah, I, st- I started off as Sega when I got my Master System as a kid, and then um, then went over to uh, to Sega. No, sorry, to then I went over to Nintendo. I never actually owned a Mega Drive until I bought this um, retro one. So I had a SNES. Yeah. yeah. Super Nintendo was a superb system. So many good games on it. So many. Um, I'm I'm also someone who plays retro games and enjoys them. And uh, I have been discovering games I didn't play on the Super Nintendo when I was a kid. I've recently, in, in the last couple of years, been playing Final Fantasy VI, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And very recently started playing Chrono Trigger. And Chrono oh, Trigger. that game's wonderful. Uh, that will take up many, many hours and kill up a lot of uh, the isolation, but <laughs> highly recommended game. Uh, also, if you want to, it's even available on your phone. But wow. the it's a very, very impressive game. But my gaming styles have changed as I've got older. I like types of games I didn't like as a kid. Like, There's no way I would have liked Final Fantasy VI when I was younger. But now, I think it's wonderful. Mm. So... Uh, it's it's nice to go back and sort of see what you what you would like now that you wouldn't like that you wouldn't necessarily have played back then. Keith, you've got a is it a Mega Drive you've got? I have yes, the old retro one. You kind of stolen my thunder here, Lawrence, because you know. But there we are. Well, I've got, I, 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 do we move on to your recommendation then? Yeah, go on, Keith. Yeah, well, I was thinking how you stole my recommendation. Um, <laughs> what was it? No, 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 no. It was the was retro it, was Mega it, Drive? Was it Football Manager, Keith? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no. I, I actually I, I found online the um on, on my PC I found uh, the Steam engine that not not a not a train. 
um, which is for computer games, old computer games you can buy and download. So you oh, don't well, need to deliver. I, I, you don't need to... I've got that because uh, that's what you get Football Manager through. Well, I'm glad everything ties back to Football Manager. Um, <laughs> but yes, but uh, get, and so games on there, for example, the Command & Conquer franchise, which I know they're redoing, uh, that you've got Duke Nukem as a shoot 'em up all, all kind of old games. Um, and if that should fail you, if, if, if online gaming doesn't, doesn't work for you, the, there's always the potential going really old school and going back to board games. For which, ah. given the current current situation, I recommend I recommend Pandemic to everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's right, not yeah. controversial because the right, whole yeah. idea is you get you a a you you know you're trying to cure the, the the world of disease and therefore everyone you know if you win you win everyone lives. But b you all play as a group. Therefore, if one wins, everyone wins. Therefore, you you're not going to be or, or have fights or animosity in the house like you would if you played Monopoly, which is <laughs> which everyone knows is the killer of friendships. So, <laughs> so that's me. My we we played Pandemic uh, at your place, and um, it seemed like a great game. It's just the problem we had was that you were very much at a more advanced stage of knowing how to play it. Yes, I should be clear. My my caveat for that would be, if you're going to play like a you know a group of four or five of you flatmates, whatever, they that you should all start it together. Therefore, no Absolutely. one is, no one knows what they're doing or how. You know, oh god, if they do that, then the whole thing's going to go up and you're going to lose the game. And you can see that, but you can't tell someone that because you know they won't they won't know what the hell you're talking about. For you know, which is completely understandable. So you should all start as novices or play with yeah. people who've already played before. Because what it turned into was just uh, you were te- basically telling me what I needed to do. Yes, uh, which, which I believe, which, which Lawrence, if you did in every walk of your life, would have been <laughs> far better for you. But bizarrely, yeah, well, you resist. I, I know generally you are my life coach, Keith, and I, 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 do, I do obey your every command. <laughs> when, when it came to the, uh, not wise. playing this game, um, it did. Um, yeah show that you do need to be at the same level when you're playing yes, it. Absolutely. Completely agree. It's not one I've played. I've, I've, I've not played pandemic. Um, it sounds interesting. Uh, I've, uh, I sort of mean to get into those sort of games at some point, really, but um, I no, I've never played it. Are we okay for me to move on to my game? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, my game, we're talking actually, I'll, I will do, this isn't the game I'm recommending, but in terms of what Lawrence was saying about uh, addictive games that people are playing a lot of, Old House has been taken over and my wife has resumed her addiction to Animal Crossing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we bought it just as the isolation came in when it, it came out and... Um, my wife used to play it on the DS and she stopped because it was becoming like an addiction where it's like, I've got to check in every day. I've got to do this. She hasn't played any later ones. Emma's resumed and has brought back an Animal Crossing addiction. She's now playing the latest version on the Switch, uh, mostly because my daughter can play it with us. I've jumped in and played a little bit, and uh, but it's mostly M now. She's... <laughs> where she can is jumping on and playing it she's yet to resort to playing it in the handheld form while we watch something else on tv but i think it's a matter of time and she's already saying this is worrying me i just want to play it all the time um but it's very very good tom knock who gets all your money is 
a slave driver, but otherwise it's very good. Um, but my video game recommendation is a game that came out in 2017 that I started playing back then. And then because I like shiny things, got distracted by the latest games that sort of came out. And I just kept playing other things to sort of move on and like, we'll keep up with the Joneses effectively. Mm-hmm. And But I kept going back to it. And it's been on my back burner for a while now of, I really should play this game. I've, I've got to. It's very good. I've got to finish it. So I set my target and actually went back and did it. And that game is Horizon Zero Dawn for the PlayStation 4. What a game. It is phenomenal. It plays wonderfully. Basically, if you aren't aware of the game, you are you play a character called Aloy. And it's without... I don't want to spoil too much about how the story is, but it's, it's clearly set in a post-apocalyptic world. The you are in a basically a lush environment, but there are buildings and there are wreckages of a previous civilization, but you have no idea what they are. The people, the tribes that live in the area are believe in gods and everything. It's very much as if it was like early like hunter tribes and everything. But they so they don't understand technology, but they've incorporated bits of it into their lives, but they don't understand what it is. So they think computers are gods and they they see me, these messages and they collect vessels, which are cups and things like that from the previous time. And it's the, the basic idea of the game is that there are machines that roam the world. And these machines are basically dinosaurs, like shaped as dinosaurs. And... These people live in somewhat harmony with them until they start to attack them. And then it's all about how the tribes interact. But you've got this character, Aloy, who is basically an outsider. She's treated separate. She's separated away from the tribe. She's not respected in any way. And she basically finds this device which lets her understand the technology, understand what's going on. And she wants to find out her own story, like who her mother is and what the real story is with all this technology and what happened to the world and why it's in the state it is. And she basically goes off into the world to try and learn about these things and to get revenge for something that happens fairly early on in the story. And it's just brilliant. The game is absolutely beautiful. It's massive. There are wonderful locations to visit that are so different. You have snowy peaks. Um, sandy deserts forest lush forests and jungly type areas the machines that you're fighting are phenomenal and really really clever in terms of the the ai behind the 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 fights is are brilliant they you i've completed the game in terms of i've actually got the platinum trophy for it but i still play it now because i'm doing the downloadable content that came out afterwards and i'm still getting into fights where i'm still effectively breaking a sweat with the game and I'm still getting really in, like, and into the fight, and the adrenaline's pumping. And it's like I'm really leveled up, and I can still get that. It, it's done so well. And uh, one thing I think you two would appreciate is that there are creatures in it called Watchers, which are little robots that look like raptors. And I was playing it the other day, and I started having a fight with this raptor, and it's uh, this watcher, and it was facing me. And I was I was gearing up, and I've got my stick out effectively because you don't use guns in the game; you use bow and arrow, and like uh, spears and stuff. And it's phenomenal. I love games with bows and arrows. But there, there, I was fighting this watcher, and you get a warning basically that's about to pounce on you. 
And this guy, this watcher is, I'm looking at it and it's, and I get the warning that it's coming for me. So I'm aiming at it. Next thing I know, I get attacked from the side by another watcher. And it was just like, clever girl. And it was just done so well. It was just like, I love it. I love that that has just happened as a matter of course, that the like Jurassic Park has come to life. It's wonderful. And I think a lot of people will have moved like PlayStation games and things will have now be like playing the latest shiny thing like Final Fantasy VII remake and which I started playing myself earlier in the week. But but it's yeah, go back if you haven't play it. If you are part way through it, go back and finish it. The story is brilliant. I wasn't expecting everything that happened by the end. It's one of those. It's a brilliant story. I can't wait to play a sequel on the PlayStation Five. And uh, you know, wholeheartedly recommended. It. It's it's a superb game and it's beautiful. Especially if you've got a 4K TV and HDR, stick it on and marvel at how beautiful that game is. Wow! There you go. Fantastic. Sorry. As you can say, I'm a passionate gamer. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Never would have guessed. Because you have lessened off on your games, haven't you, Keith? You don't play I have as much indeed. as you used to. No, I stopped at Xbox 360. That's how old I am. Because yeah, we used to play all the Gears of War games, didn't we? We used oh, to work yes. our way through those. I, they those. were good times. But the, the last two games I've played on my own. It's been very sad. Missed my partner in crime. But hey. Excellent. Right. <laughs> Clearly he's not bothered, have you noticed? Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't really listening. <laughs> No, no, not you, him. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I, I'm going, oh, it's sad that I don't get to play with my friend anymore. And he's just like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I just thought I, I just said excellent <laughs> to conclude you bursting into tears, having yeah, yeah. described the destruction of your, you your greatest friendship. <laughs> oh, excellent, <Admittedly>. first class. <laughs> Admittedly, I, I'm not always the best person to play games with, as Keith will know. I, uh, I've... Uh, <laughs> It, we we had a discussion once about how Keith plays for the team I play to win, <laughs> um, but we get results. Very good. Uh, so they they were our, our recommendations. There are men, many more things out there for people that we would recommend. I'm sure that like we, I'd love to know what other people are watching and playing and like, listening to at the moment. I listen to a lot of audio books and things as well, and it, yeah. It, sometimes you just need that person to give you a little recommendation and go, like, well, I'll give it a try. And uh, you might be surprised at, at what hooks you. Uh, again, on the on the video game front, one of my favorite games is a game called Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And it came out in 1997 uh, on the PlayStation. And I didn't play it at the time. I was it was it was they looked old school, and I would I wanted to play modern shiny games uh, with like 3D graphics, and I just didn't I didn't engage with it at the time. And then when it came out on the Xbox 360, I gave it a go. And I, again, I sort of got in, started to play it. I thought, this is all right. And then I got distracted, as I do. And I went back to it about two or three years ago. And it's just like, this is phenomenal. This is a game that is made for me. I could have been enjoying it for about 20 years. And yeah, sometimes you just need someone to recommend it. It was listening to a guy called Colin Moriarty on a podcast talking about why it was his favorite game. Uh, or one of his favourite games, and so I thought, oh, I'll give it another go, and it just hooked me. And yeah, you need those little recommendations, films and TV shows particularly. There are so many out there, and there's a lot of rubbish. It's nice to get a recommendation for something you think, oh, actually, no, people swear by these. Have you uh, have you seen it? You can get a, a retro version of PlayStation now. 
in what respect? What As in uh, the PlayStation Classic. Yeah. So you got re- yes. you got retro versions of the the SNES and the Mega Drive. Now you can get yeah, retro. The- play- when did PlayStations become retro? They're really old now, mate. I hate to I say it, we're how, getting old. How old am I? That's the question. <laughs> we're about to get the PlayStation 5. <laughs> so, yeah, PlayStation, I see PlayStation 1, is quite old now. The problem with the PlayStation Classic for me is the games that included, there were plenty more that you could have picked, and then the that would have probably been better in terms of classics. But the controls, they only gave you the digital version there's no analog stick version of the controller like there was later in the day so some of the games don't play as well as they used to so it's it's a shame but you can you can buy it fairly cheaply and you'll certainly have a good time with it and there are some good games on there but no if you're going to make a choice of either i'm get the super nintendo classic that was brilliant i thought i could hear a microwave in the background there i was thinking wasn't me (laughs) 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 you knew where we were going there keith (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Keith is is the shaggy of uh, podcasts. It, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> you know, I thought Scooby Doo with that until you said that. <laughs> Either way, it's not good, guys. <laughs> You're not denying it, um, gents. Is there anything else that you you want to share with people? Anything you wanted to say to anybody who's listening to us? Obviously, we're, it's a new podcast. We've got new. Uh, we people giving us a chance, and we very much appreciate them giving us a chance. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say? Anything you wanted to share? Uh, I think Lawrence, you're showing some great self control so far. Two podcasts in, you haven't revealed that you have two books available to buy on Amazon. Um, whether well, you wanted to mention that, <laughs> well, I, I was going to before, and then I, I got sidetracked. Yeah, I would got, you like to say anything? I got two books available on Amazon. They're called. No. Uh, what are they called? They're called. Um, Hang on. I I do know this. They're called <laughs> The first one is called uh uh, uh <laughs> Well, we, we'll we, this we, is good. we can edit this, can't we? We can edit this. <laughs> we could, but I don't know if I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Company of Spies. And perhaps we need some kind of agent or some kind of way of describing you know, someone to help us market ourselves. <laughs> It's called Company of Spies, and it's the first book one of the Prendergast Files. It's all about a uh, an old school intelligence guy called Arthur Prendergast, and uh, it's a espionage bit of dark comedy in there. I, I like to think of it as like a cross between Mission Impossible and The Office. <laughs> and the second book is called. Uh, it's called. Um, sorry, <laughs> I just want to go on record right now and say I want all this going in. <laughs> I don't think in any way we should put Lawrence across as a smooth operator. He should be revealed. He should be revealed as a charlatan. He is called the Spy Slayer. Called Spy Slayer, and uh, book three. I can reveal is in is in production, well post production I suppose you could say, um, and that will be released very soon, and that will be called a title of some kind I'm sure. 
Maybe maybe <laughs> our audience, should, <laughs> as limited as they are, should suggest a name. Unseen Man. It's it called. might take less time. It's, it's called it's called Unseen Man, uh, and they're all they're books one, two, and three of the Prendergast uh, series. And where can people get them if they wanted to read them? Amazon. Just just search Prendergast or Company of Spies, and it will pop up. I'm sure. Without wanting to blow smoke up your ass, um, I've read the first book and I really enjoyed it. I've started the second one. Very good. I I admire your. Uh, your taste. Well, you could <laughs> you could dissipate any potential smoke by just asking him what the title of that first one was again. <laughs> it's on the tip of his tongue yeah, at all times. Yeah. Keith, have you got anything that you would like to tell people about? I well, I mean, unlike Lawrence's smooth patter and shell and salesmanship, um, <laughs> I I have a uh, a a I'm the author of a, of a fan fiction related to Game of Thrones that's on the archive of our own website uh, under the handle death walker because i'm nothing if not pretentious and um that is uh is is a complete slant on the um game of thrones story in the idea that uh, ned stark or sean bean's character from the tv show survived his execution at the end <laughs> sorry well, I didn't when, mean I say, when i say survived he didn't <laughs> get his head chopped off and then walked away you mean it's a different reality in fact yes he completely inde- he, <laughs> and an alternate reality, indeed. I just, I just had this image of like um, the Emperor in Star Wars. The fact he, 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 he survived being dropped down that massive tube and exploding. Yes, and, uh, and, and then not survived. only did he survive the fall and the Death Star exploding, he, he somehow managed to get, get across the galaxy on his own. It's, it's amazing that film. Yeah, well, obviously, but, him and Sean Bean escaped together after Sean Bean had his head chopped off. Yeah, and that, and they ran around the execution yard like a headless chicken. <laughs> that that would have been quite something. That would have been a departure for Game of Thrones. One of my uh, favourite uh, bits of cinema uh, hilariousness was um, in the Halloween films. Uh, there's a uh, oh yeah, there's a film. I, know where you go. I can't remember which one is H two O. Is it H two O when um, is that where they behead him? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Jason uh, is chasing. No, no, Halloween. Uh, it's Michael Myers. Sorry, Michael Myers. Jason is the other one, isn't it? Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, Michael Myers. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> with the the face of William Shatner, is chasing uh, 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 the the girl and um, ends up getting beheaded. Yeah. Now. That this was the intention of killing him off, but they decided that they wanted to make more, so they just did. And they said uh, the reason he survived is because he changed clothing with a paramedic when he was in an ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it was the paramedic that got his head chopped off. Uh, so if only... we're going to talk about the continuity of the Halloween film, <laughs> we could the, be only prob- the only problem I'm... with it was that the... Um, the, the 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 paramedic would have been chasing the girl for about twenty minutes, <laughs> not realizing that he's he's not Michael Myers and he is a paramedic. As Keith would say, gloss. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Halloween films—they're brilliant in terms of like well, Jamie Lee Curtis's character who finally gets bumped off by him, but it's okay because they're just going to retcon and go back to as if it's like Halloween three. 
with uh, with the recent ones. Uh, so it's okay. She can be alive again in those. It's fine. Um, so yeah, but I, I love Halloween, but yeah, it's 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 not good for continuity. Well, if you um, wanted to just, talk about continuity mistakes, we can always go through the X Men films. We've been here uh, all day. Please don't. <laughs> just take yeah. Just taking us back to uh, to your. Fan fiction, Keith. I, I, again, I have. I am a reader of your fan fiction, and uh, it's also very well edited. Whoever edits your work is doing very well. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He could be better. Well, when you let him do it, <laughs> you don't just drop mystery chapters that he's not expecting on the system and go. I haven't seen that one. Um, Which, incidentally, anyway. one will be done tomorrow. Okay. It, no, it reads very well. I do recommend it. I highly recommend it. As for myself, I've got nothing really short of shill. My passions outside of like video games and reading and stuff like that has mostly been uh, performing uh, and directing plays, which are local. But I do intend to write things down at some point and actually do. I've got book ideas, but I'm just so good at coming up with ideas and not actually writing them. It's ridiculous. But in terms of what I do do, the production that I did has just been nominated for an award, so pleased with that. But uh, that, nothing that's, shrill. That's, that's really good, and uh, just the sheer fact that you just said doo doo, <laughs> doo doo, just yeah. just improves it that that little bit more. Thanks again to everybody who has listened to us. We hope you are all keeping safe, uh, gentlemen. Where can people find you on the internet? On uh, Twitter, I'm under Lawrence with a U underscore. Tuck, T-U-C-K. Not under slash, whatever not, the hell that was. Not under slash. And Keith, have you made it to the 20th century? I yet? haven't yet, no. <laughs> we'll get there in time. And I, last time, I think I drew people to uh, at Fierce Casual, but I will go one better and say at Critic Guy Chris. Great, Chris, are you, you going to change your Twitter handle every week? <laughs> no, I think I might stick with that one. It feels appropriate. <laughs> Very good. Hopefully we will be back very soon with another podcast. We are going to try and defend the indefensible. Uh, that's one of our ideas. I'm also considering doing a more game-focused podcast. So hopefully you will be hearing from us very soon. I don't know what these two reprobates have got in mind for themselves, but we shall see. Thank you once again for listening to us. Stay safe, and we will see you again soon. <laughs>